Welcome back, everyone, to the Indigenous Nutritionist Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest who I have had on before, and now she is gracing us with her presence again, um, virtually, that is, but, you know, that's today's world. And welcome back, Moshumi. How are you? Yes, yes, yes I am. Uh, my family is from Kolkata, India. Yes. Awesome. And you reached out to me because you're like, oh, wow, you know, this was a great article and it was fun to read. And I had mentioned briefly the Bengali foods, although I didn't go too deep into it. So before we get into the really fun part, which is always food, could you update the audience? Like, what have you been up to since the last time we spoke? Quite a bit. I have. So, uh, Kelly, when we last spoke, I don't know if I've mentioned to you, I do run my private practice here in Michigan which I am doing uh, remotely right now, um, um, started it ever since COVID hit. So it's been a good three years where I am offering work with brain and spinal cord injury uh, patients or clients um, who are, um, who have had an accident and, you know, have had brain or spinal cord injury. So that, that is again through a company. And lately, um, I'm trying to think it's been about a year, year and a half, I have been doing some media work um, and absolutely love that. Um, so writing some pieces, um, doing these uh, interviews and media, some news channels. Um, and so yes, um, I feel like <laughs> I am almost everywhere uh, to speak of um, a dietitian's job, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think we are very blessed. We can do a variety, which I absolutely love. So at this present time, I think five days of the week, I do five different things and I am loving it. So I was going to say you were a true dietitian wearing many hats, right? <laughs> Doing many different yeah. things. Wow. It sounds like, so you started the business during the pandemic 2020 right i actually started it kelly before that okay. um it, i think it took off really well i um started offering remote services mm -hmm. during the pandemic uh, <clears throat> because nobody could actually come in person to the office so my business is dietitian moshumi llc um and uh, if you go into my website you can get the details but Yes, uh, the remote part started since COVID hit, but I have been running my private business now for, uh, I'm trying to think like five, six years. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with the pandemic and remote learning and remote sessions and remote counseling and education has really taken off. So it's great to hear, you know, how much it's grown but also to hear the many different things you've dabbled in. Because like you said, it is great to be a dietitian. You know, we don't just work in a hospital setting, for example, like some people might think exactly. we do. There's many yeah. different mm -hmm. avenues we can walk down for sure. Now, your clients, can, are they all from Michigan or are they from around the U.S.? Pri so primarily, it's funny. Um, I do not advertise my business um, like that but maybe because i am of indian ethnicity kelly mm -hmm. i get a lot of like um 
Indian Americans, I like to call yeah. them. Um, so people of Indian ethnicity, because I think they feel like I would relate to their lifestyle and food and so on. Um, I get a lot of that. And uh, but no, I do have clients from um, other parts of the country where we don't need to be licensed, uh, a few of the states and then a few uh, uh, clients from like um, uh, other parts of the world too. So it's pretty cool and very interesting. Yeah, that's awesome that you can reach so many people from different parts of the world. And of course, you know, with your Indian background, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but one thing I have seen through some of my clients who are Indian that have moved to the U.S. is they still very much integrate their food culture into the U.S. as well. So they might find a specialty shop that mm-hmm. has the ingredients they need. Even, mm-hmm. you know, my in-laws as well will cook Indian food at home. So I bet yeah. that really helps because you really can understand what type of food they like, you know, and what is in right. it as well. Right. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. So Awesome. And you also, I remember last time we spoke, you were working maybe primarily with women who were 40 and older. Is that still like a primarily market or have you expanded out? Because I know you said you're doing so many different things now. Yes. So I do get, and again, maybe that is because I'm a woman. So I do most, I'd say about 75% of my clientele, Kelly, is still women. I uh, do get men also, but I try to focus on women. I have extended my niche to where I help people uh, reach their weight goals. Um, I help people lower their cholesterol mm-hmm. and I help people with diabetes. Um, these are the three things I primarily work on with diet and lifestyle. Um, that is basically my niche. And um, I, I, like I said, I primarily have women, but um, I've also got some men um, that I'm working with um, at present. And uh, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great when you take the background of, you know, your Indian food. And when you talk about diabetes, I think sometimes people think they have to give up what they eat, but that's not true. It might just be, you know, modifying it a bit, especially portion wise. So sounds like you're doing great things. Absolutely. I always say about, that is my mantra. It's not about eliminating, it's about enhancing. Mm, um, so different that. ways we can enhance what we are consuming or different ways we can enhance our lifestyles with um, de-stressing, with um, exercising, um, doing things we love, um, sleep hygiene, food, of course. So yes, it's, um, I believe in that and that's what I preach. I love that. You know, it's when you think about what can I do to enhance or add, you know, oftentimes when people come to me, maybe they want to lose weight instead of telling them what not to eat. I actually will think, you know, say, okay, what can we add in? You know, if you think about adding to your plate something that's more healthy, it cries out some of the other things. But yeah, I think it's a different mindset, if you will. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is a mindset change. Mm-hmm. And it's about positivity instead of negativity. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. All, all kinds of words of wisdom mm-hmm. today from you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking about food, let's get into the fun part. 
so you are from Kolkata and in my Substack post, I, I didn't go deep diving into the Bengali food. Um, I think that is definitely more your expertise than mine. So what can you tell us about your traditional food in uh, Kolkata? I love talking about the city of joy, which is Kolkata. And um, I will tell you, uh, I might be a tad bit biased, but I think I've been around the world quite a bit. And being dietitians, I think you will agree with me, Kelly, uh, doesn't matter which part of the world we are in, um, we are food people. So we are enjoying the culture, but we are also enjoying like the food culture, um, enjoy what, um, whether it's critically or not critically, uh, looking at like the food practices and uh, what's in there. So I will tell you, nothing vibrates uh, to me better than Kolkata street food. Um, Kolkata has been called, I'm sure you are aware, um, as the city of joy. And um, it is a very busy city. There are people, there's hustle bustle everywhere. Um, however, there is a different kind of happiness uh, uh, that you experience when you are in that city. It is also very notable in Kolkata are the uh, vendors that are sitting in every corner of the road, uh, little little stalls, um, and where people are sitting and giving adda, which, like you said, um, explained very well. It's like a gathering where people are chit-chatting over a cup of masala chai, which is uh, spiced tea, and then having snacks. And the snacks could range from uh, mishti. Mishti is basically sweet. Um, Kolkata is very, very well known for um, the different array of sweets it offers. If you are in um, any um, uh, sweet store, um, it, it is confusing because they would have a variety of like 20 to 30 to 40 kinds of um, sweets in oh, there. Wow. Um, yes, yes. And Bengalis are known um, for the sweet tooth. Um, it is often said um, Bengali language is the sweetest among Indian languages. Um, and uh, it is because Bengalis eat, you know, it's like a joke in India, it's because Bengalis eat so much sweets. So they might, <laughs> I know it's not the best thing from like a dietitian's perspective, but they might, I have seen this, um, family, friends, I've seen people start their day with sweets, which is mishti. So, um, okay. you know, they might break the fat. Yeah. And for breakfast, mm -hmm. they will definitely have a sweet. Uh, so anyways, going back to like the street vendors, um, there are all these little shops which have different offerings of sweets and a lot of snack foods. I think what stands out about Kolkata um, compared to even if I were to compare it to other cities in India, is the price range and the variety that is offered in Kolkata. So if you wanted to buy something very cheap, uh, food-wise, mm -hmm. snack-wise, that would be available to something super pricey. So the range, so uh, the range of food is huge. Um, if you wanted to 
uh, try a food of any different ethnicity from anywhere in the world, I can tell you one city that you would want to go to is Kolkata. Uh, Kolkata offers uh, from like Tibetan momos, which are called wontons, to, uh, of course, authentic Bengali food. So um, I think um, Kolkata vibrates with the warmth of food and uh, what it has to offer, Kelly. Right. You know, know, geographically speaking, it's in East India, right on the eastern uh, yes. time uh, part mm-hmm. or whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, you know this yes. is I had mentioned in my post too like comparing India to the U.S. it's they're both very big countries and depending where you yeah. are it can be very different from one part to the next um, yes. but I, I mean I love when you when you talk about the ada and then having the chai and maybe some sweets or snacks you know yeah. what I love about that is the actual community of people mm-hmm. talking with each other, which must yeah. have been very yeah. hard. I, I don't know what happened during the mm-hmm. pandemic, like when they couldn't do it as much. But you know, having that social time, that oh. alone is a, a great health, enhancing health factor. So whereas, yes, we're mm-hmm. dietitians mm-hmm. and we can be like, be careful about your sweets. We also look yeah. outside of the food box, if you will, mm-hmm. and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're mm-hmm. eating with others, that's great. You're having some spices in your chai, that's wonderful. So I think there's yes. a lot of, of different factors there, okay. for sure. Oh, absolutely. And the whole idea of de-stressing, mm-hmm. you know, and chatting and opening up uh, during these other um, sessions, um, laughing, if you are on the streets, you're going to see these youngsters or you know uh, people of actually different age groups sitting in little groups and um, talking and laughing and uh, the vibrancy of that culture is um, absolutely amazing. I know it happens over food which you very correctly said Kelly I also even as a dietitian I know there is like the nutrition factor but the other factor that plays a huge role in um, anybody's overall health is de-stressing. Absolutely. Um, and I think the whole concept of Adda and um, sitting and eating together um, is such a big de-stressor um, for one and for all. And I think that was one of the biggest shocks for me when I came in from India to the U.S., which is I'm trying to think I've spent most of my life in Michigan, of course. So when I came into this country 26, 27 years back, that was one of the biggest shockers for me is how quiet it was. Uh, There were no street shops. People would not like sit in groups like, you know, we do in Kolkata and um, have tea um, or um, just be, you know, again, chit chit chatting over snacks and tea. That's a very, very common culture. Um, In fact, if somebody or anybody stepped into your house, um, Kelly, it is very common to offer them a cup of tea and some snacks. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, So like last month, I was in India visiting my family and whether it was an electrician that came in to fix something to whether it was a friend, whoever would come in, step into our house, would be offered some tea or chai uh, with some sweets or some savory snacks. 
So um, that is where I came from, again, so many years back, to uh, coming in here to the U.S. That was, I know that was one of the things um, you were curious about, so I thought I'd touch base on that. Yeah. Is, um, when I come, came in here, um, I just felt like there was not, or that element was missing. Um, so... Yeah, you're, you're, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you talk and you're getting me uh, thinking about how absolutely in the U.S., I mean, if you're in a bigger city mm-hmm. like New York City, yes, there's a lot of people around, but oftentimes yeah. I think privacy is a bigger thing in the U.S. And yeah. I think that like if you even look at how popular the American car is, right? And when people yeah. are in their car, they're alone, yeah. they're away from other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. have been to India multiple times, but not Kolkata. But I know like when you're on the street, there's a lot of people out and about. And I think my time living mm-hmm. in New York, I was a bit more used to it. But yeah. when yeah. you're out and about, mm-hmm. you're talking to other people. And interestingly enough, as I listen to you speak, and now that I live in Paris, Parisians love to be outside. French people love to be outside. They like to have maybe an afternoon tea or a beer or coffee yes. or whatnot. Yeah. And they're talking. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of like the French paradox where scientists are like, well, mm-hmm. why do the French have less heart attacks? But they eat full fat cheese and they drink, yeah. they do all this. Mm-hmm. But then I, I mm-hmm. sit here and I'm like, but they also have a government that has a really good health insurance system that reduces stress. Yeah. They also have a two hour mm-hmm. lunch break. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's different factors yeah. that yeah. are built in going oh. back to the stress, as mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's huge. That's a huge part, uh, which I think um, you and I, or most, many of us as dietitians or healthcare um, people, agree that stress is one of the biggest factors uh, affecting our health. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, so the way I, it's not only about what you're eating or the quality of food, it's how we are eating it. How yeah. much are we enjoying that food? Um, and are we sitting alone and just eating and just watching some TV? Or are we sitting with a bunch of people um, and enjoying the meal? It doesn't matter what meal it is. So but yeah. food, again, going back to Kolkata, Kelly, I will tell you, food is like a huge, huge part of like the Bengali culture. Um, So people from Kolkata are called Bengalis, which I am a Bengali. (laughs) And um, food is like a big, big um, deal. Um, So like starting from morning, a lot of the conversation in any household will be about food. Um, What is typical is for, um, at least it used to be, for like the men folk or the dads or whatever, they would go out to like these um, little markets by the um, uh, street corners and get fresh fruits and vegetables and fish. Uh, one of the biggest, uh, just like I talked about mishti, which is the sweet, uh, Bengalis are very well known, again, because of the East Coast and where we are located, where Kolkata and the state of West Bengal is located. Um, uh, we eat a lot of fish, a lot of fresh water fish. So, uh, for example, my dad, I've grown up seeing my dad 
go to the you know market is what it's called so there would be like a fish market and a vegetable market and um that is even like today my dad is 86 years old and even oh, wow. today is his passion if if i took that away from him he he would not be happy so even today so it is a regimen so he goes for a walk and then he's going to stop at the market there and pick up fresh fish and fresh vegetables and then come back and then of course you know um we have a cook now but uh typically um uh, i'm just talking about like a traditional sedengoli family um then um they would cook fresh um lunch is like the big meal typically mm-hmm. um in in the bengali household and um it typically would consist of rice um big time rice eaters so it would be rice it would be vegetables uh prepared in different ways you know different kinds so there would there might be like a green um there might be um something um that is bitter um like um bitter melon um then there would be like a lentil um uh, something like you know we call them dals but dal, basically yeah. uh, there's many variety of dals so there would be some kind of a dal um there would be a fish fish curry uh, which is called machir jhol uh, typically which is um uh, fish cooked in with like vegetables together um uh, almost like a soup and uh, this uh multiple different ways that uh, bengalis like to cook fish but i'm just telling you like the common one and then there is going to be something called chutney so chutney is something uh that uh, could be made with like tomatoes or with berries so it's like a sweet tart taste thing and you have a little bit of that that's how that's something you have at the end of the meal and then of course you finish your meal with a sweet so it could be a sweet or it could be a sweet yogurt which is commonly called as mishti doi um in kolkata or among bengalis um so uh, that if that gives you an idea that is the array of or the things that somebody would typically eat for lunch a bengali lunch that's what it is and then wow. uh breakfast and a snack in between lunch and dinner very common where again you are having your chai which is called cha in bengali and then with that you might have actually you possibly will have some kind of a snack that you you might buy from like one of the street corners you know one of those little shops it could be um something like a samosa i don't know if you've tried that but um, yes i have call it. definitely okay okay for that yes so there is um, the bengali version of the samosa curry which we call shingara and uh, the filling in there is actually made uh, with like cauliflowers potatoes and there's some peanuts um uh, i think you know again i might be biased but i just think it tastes really good so that's something um and then there is a gogni so there's like a wide array of snacks people might have in the evening which is around 4:35 and then dinner is later in the evening unlike in the US i mean i know here in the US we do, we have dinner around 6:30 uh but in india uh, that's almost like snack time yeah. and then people would yeah 
and then people would have dinner around 9, 9.30. That is what is very typical. Um, uh, and lunch again is like 12.31, breakfast is 8.39, um, and everybody, typically everybody has morning tea, which is cha, with some cookies or crackers, um, which are called biscuits. So um, just to give you in perspective, a day's meals and snacks that any Bengali uh, or, or a Bengali would have. You're really, an idea. <laughs> I was going to say, you're really selling Kolkata well. I think you should work for Kolkata tourism because I'm drooling. It sounds amazing. And yeah, when, you know, it's interesting when you look at different cultures and different times they eat, you know, similar to Spain, they have very late eating times for dinner as well. Uh, I think in France, we can kind of eat pretty late as well. But that all sounds delicious. And I didn't realize that about how popular fish was. I know when I've been to Goa, fish was very popular, but I didn't realize it about um, yeah, Kolkata. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kolkata is very, very well known for their fish. So um, mm-hmm. anytime you do actually go into the city, you have to try the fish from there. Uh, Bengal and Bengali uh, uh, specifically women are known for their hair and skin and be attributed to the fishing tape. Oh, those omega-3s. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Ah, yeah, I love there that. You go. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I think I could keep talking to you for the whole entire day, but just to, <laughs> to wrap everything up, you've already left us, yes. you've already told us a couple great words of wisdom, but if you were going to leave one thing to the listeners, uh, what would you leave them with today? I would say, Kelly, food is for comfort. Food is for enjoyment. As a Bengali, I would say food is fatafati. Fatafati means outstanding. So enjoy every bit of food. It is a blessing to enjoy every meal, every snack. So let's all eat healthy. Let's all keep uh eat mindfully, but let's also not forget the enjoyment element of any food or any snack we are consuming. Ditto. I agree with that. And those are wonderful words of wisdom. Because mm-hmm. I know as thank dietitians, you. we love food. So, all right. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. This was great. This was fun. And I'm sure I will uh, do another episode with you, but I want to mm-hmm. say Thank you so much. And I've learned a few things today about Bengali food. Kelly, thank you. I truly appreciate you doing this and offering this um, to me um, like um, you probably sensed. I um, absolutely enjoy talking about uh, different cultural practices and foods. And uh, I think that's the fun part of us being dietitians. So thank you again. Appreciate you. Absolutely. And I will leave your website in my show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, they can just go to your website, right? And reach out to you through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am on social media too, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. So yes. Yeah. All of those I will have in the show notes for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. wrap up to the wrap up all right first things first 
If you guys want to contact Moshe and me directly, please check out the show notes. Her website is there, linked in Instagram and Facebook. Second order of business would be that I could talk to Moshe and me all day long. I think it's this dietitian effect. You know, so many dietitians, dietitians. Oh, that's a new one. So many dietitians around the world. I meet um, either through having them on the show or just at a conference or whatnot. It's like we have our own little secret language, you guys. I mean, we love food. We want you to love food. And even though like some of us very deep clinical medical nutrition therapy, we still have this side that's just common sense. There was this professor I once had at NYU that would tell us, you know, you can study the books and look at all of the science, but also have common sense. Wonderful words of wisdom. All right, and next, no idea who my next guest will be. That will be a surprise for both of us. But until then, enjoy your day, enjoy your weekend, your week, whatever it might be when you're listening to this. And I will speak with you soon. Ciao.